1: There's been a lot offered by the government uh, and people have been sharing lots of information. I know you've been sharing information, uh, Joshua, I've been sharing it. Uh, So there's a lot going out there, but people still perhaps sometimes don't fully appreciate or understand what's going on and you'll appreciate that uh, the kind of information has been trickling in bit by bit. So what we thought was correct say four weeks ago is, is now perhaps not correct because the government's given us more information, more guidance. Uh, so on Monday the furlough scheme the job retention scheme uh, opened up and it's been absolutely manic and crazy so if people don't know about this if you are an employee uh, you can be furloughed and the government will pay up to 80% of your salary capped at a maximum of two and a half thousand pounds so you can get a maximum of 80% of two and a half thousand pounds and on top of that Uh, Your employer can obviously reclaim uh, employer's NIC and minimum pension payments. So that's quite important. But the common and the obvious question that Joshua, you and I usually get asked is I'm a director of a company, can I furlough myself? Uh, And after about uh, a week of trying to find the answer and following Martin Lewis and everybody else, we finally found out. Yes, you can furlough yourself if you are a director, uh, but unfortunately, most directors are on a very low salary of around about somewhere from 500 to 720-odd pounds, depending on how much they want to take out. Uh, Usually, it's around about the 700-pound mark per month. What that therefore means is you're only going to get 80% of uh, the 700-pounds per month as opposed to the additional dividends that people uh, have been taking and are taking. Now there is some talk going on uh, in Westminster and people are lobbying the government to say that dividends should be included or at least there should be something offered uh, similar to the self-employed uh, income support scheme. Uh, I can't see that happening in a rush but if it does happen of course we'll keep people posted. Above and beyond that If you have a business and you uh, are paying business rates and you qualify for small business rates relief or the rural rates relief, then you will get a £10,000 grant through your local authority. I think that's the big one and the most important one because pretty much that applies to everybody uh, who is uh, on the business rates register. So if you haven't applied, you can go onto your local authority or council's website, apply for it, What you usually have to do is uh, give them your rates number, account reference number, plus your bank details, uh, and uh, they will make a transfer to you. If you want to wait, you can wait. I know most councils are uh, giving targets by uh, the government in terms of when they should make payments. Uh, Peterborough uh, has a target to uh, pay... 90% 90% of that grant by the end of this month and I know we're pretty much ahead of target so that's working well if you're in retail hospitality and leisure and your uh, rateable value is more than 15,000 but less than 51,000 you can then qualify uh, for 25,000 pounds uh, instead of the 15,000 pounds so the, the 10,000 pounds applies to all businesses the 25,000 applies If your rateable value is more than 15 grand, less than 51 grand and you're in retail, hospitality and leisure. Above and beyond that, if you have employees uh, who are off sick uh, and the first two weeks of statutory sick pay will be paid by the government, the common question is do they need a sick note? No, they do not need a sick note. The government has said they'll cover the first two weeks payments. If you're self-employed, you have a business and you can't pay your VAT, any VAT payments due by the 30th of June do not have to be paid, and you have to pay them by the end of this tax year, which is obviously the 5th of April, 2021, but I assume you'll probably be paying it by the 31st of March. So that's helpful. If you can't pay your PAYE, in my experience, and I'm sure, Joshua, you'll agree to some extent, uh, HMRC have been very reasonable and very flexible in terms of offering time to pay arrangements both for PAYE, we've done CIS, they've been good with that. We've done corporation tax, they've been good with that. Obviously, if you've got your own income tax to pay uh, through your self-assessment, doesn't need to be paid by the 31st of Jul- uh, July. You can defer that to the 31st of January. And my big concern here really is people are deferring a lot of payments, which is fine. Obviously, they're trying to protect cash flow. But what I can see is Uh, come early next year and all of these payments need to be made unless you're kind of very focused and ruthless and brutal with cash flow management you might be deferring all of these costs now but remember you're going to have to pay them later so make sure you account for those make sure you budget for those uh, uh, so that you can pay them because we might get through the next two or three months Uh, But we might see big and huge challenges uh, after January when all of these payments need to be made. So the most important thing I think every business and individual who is listening to this today should be doing is they should create an emergency budget for themselves. And in that budget, be ruthless with your costs. So cut wherever you can. I'm still finding people aren't cutting all of their costs because they're thinking, I might need this later on. But if you need it later on, you can always get it later on. But be very, very, very ruthless uh, with your budget. Cut costs where you can. Uh, And if you've got savings, then you might have to eat into those. But obviously, I've not covered too much on the coronavirus business interruption loan. That's available. Uh, the chance has been very good in terms of saying if, if you need less than £250,000, you don't need to provide a personal guarantee or any form of security. Banks are still very slow with this. Uh, I think the, the, the bank that's the best so far uh, is NatWest. So they've given most of the funding compared to the other banks. Uh, but if you uh, if you turn over less than £45 million, you're based in it. In the UK, you're a trading business, uh, you can apply for the, for the coronavirus business interruption loan. The first 12 months interest payments are covered by the government. The government guarantee 80% of the loan. So uh, do apply for that. Unfortunately, what I am seeing is that uh, only bank, banks are only giving this to their own customers. So it, So if you want to move from your own bank and go to a different bank, they aren't taking on new business generally speaking for this particular type of funding so if you can't get it through your own bank then you have to seek uh, and source other forms of funding uh, and i know uh, joshua your partner alice is very good at that uh, so they can always speak to her or of course there are other brokers available and other finance people as well but i know alice is very good at helping with this and going Above and beyond this, if you can't pay your credit card or your other loans, don't sit there and wait for the, your uh, loan companies to contact you. Get on the phone, talk to them. I am finding credit card companies, store card loans, personal loans, guarantor loans, all of those companies, including credit unions, are being very helpful uh, and are allowing you further time to pay. What I will quickly add in here, Joshua, because I've also been a victim of this in the past, is unfortunately when things like uh, coronavirus happen, we do see sharks coming out, we, we do see scammers coming out. So there's a lot of scams taking place right now where people are receiving emails from local authorities, where people are hackers are pretending to obviously be repaying or paying that small business grant. Hate there are. Uh, hackers sending emails from HMRC, from banks. So you need to be extra vigilant with those emails uh, and stay away from these scammers. Uh, And it's it's, it's unfortunate people are using this particular uh, calamity uh, as an opportunity to to, to scam people, but you need to be extra vigilant. So I've got loads of other tips here, by the way, uh, Joshua, uh, which I'm happy to share with people in terms of their own personal uh, cash flow planning, but if there are any questions, I'm happy to answer those now. If not, we can wait later while you do that while yeah. While you do that Joshua what I'm gonna do is uh, a chap called Mark Leck kindly sent me um, a Message through Facebook messenger and he said he'd be uh, on this particular uh, Call so talk and the question he wanted me to answer was do I think that Section 24 will be moved over to limited companies too in the next five years. And uh, the obvious and the honest answer really, Mark, is nobody knows. Uh, uh, And and anything's possible. I mean, seven years ago, had you asked Joshua uh, and myself that will something like Section 24 be introduced to property investors, we'd have said, no, it's crazy. We can't see this happening, Uh, because uh, if other businesses are able to uh, reclaim uh, or or get um, tax relief on their interest payments on loans, then why would it only affect property investors? But obviously George George Osborne changed that. Uh, So going forward, do I think it will uh, be moved over to companies? I don't know is the answer, but what I can tell you is that the Chancellor's made it very clear. That he is going to equalise tax, which means uh, the, the self-employed will have to may will have to pay more tax, and it will be in line with uh, people who are employed. Uh, with that, he may take a view on uh, how much extra tax will be generated if he moves section 24 to companies. So it is a possibility. I'm sure Whitehall will bring it to his attention, uh, and if if there's enough money in it. Who knows? The second part of Mark's question was, what do I think of mixed partnerships? So these are basically called hybrid companies where you have an LLP alongside a limited company. What do I think of them? I think they're a good planning tool. I think they're underused. Uh, People don't make as much use of them as uh, they could do. I am a fan of those. We do use them for planning. And I think you should seriously consider a mixed partnership alongside considering uh, incorporating your property portfolio because every situation, every scenario is different. It's hard for me to give you a blanket answer, but what I would say is think about mixed partnerships when you're thinking about incorporating because that could be a much better route. And part of the reason obviously, is it depends why you're incorporating. Is it just for section 24 or are there other reasons like capital gains, tax uplift in the base cost, inheritance tax issues? Uh, So you've got to look at the overall picture and I think mixed partnerships are a good planning tool in helping with the overall picture. The only key advantage or main advantage within incorporation obviously is you get an increase in uplift in the base cost. You don't get that with mixed partnerships, but there are other benefits to mixed partnerships that you don't get if you have a limited company. So uh, it's a mix and match horses for courses. I hope that answers your question, Mark. Any other questions, uh, Joshua? Yeah, let's have a look at
0: what we got here. Um, how do I save tax when selling my commercial property I've not done any refurb?
1: Well, there's not much to save there really, apart from the fact that if the property is in your name, uh, and again, depending on how much you owe by way of mortgage, you could add, if you have a, a husband, wife, or a civil partner, you could add them and use up their annual exemption for um, uh, capital gains tax. That's an opportunity. Uh, if, you're, if, it's, if it's a pure commercial property, there's not much you can do. If you're looking to convert it into residential, and then change it into service to accommodation and run it as service to accommodation. You could then, uh, uh, in, but in the old days or before March, uh, 11th of March, it was called entrepreneur's relief. Moving forward it's called business asset disposal relief. So you could claim that that's been limited uh, to a million pounds as opposed to 10 million pounds before the 11th of March. So that's a possibility you could look at. But generally speaking, there's nothing there that I can think of. Uh, that would uh, assist you. Obviously, if you didn't uh, claim capital allowances, that's something you should have considered and you should have claimed. I know I think Arthur Kemp was on yesterday. He'd have covered that in detail. Uh, and if there's anything that you want to add, Joshua, you can do, but I think uh, pr- pretty much commercial property is plain vanilla apart from the fact of uh, adding other partners and obviously claiming capital allowances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another
0: the questions we've got Do you have any advice for reducing taxation when buying sites for development?
1: Uh, Yes, it it depends is the answer. So there are a a couple of tax planning opportunities that you could possibly and potentially look at. So, sorry Joshua, is this in buying land or just buying property to develop?
0: Um, Just as sites. um.
1: Okay. so uh, if again depends on what you're looking to do if you buy us if you're buying a site and you're renting it out for the time being and then you're looking to develop it then you could buy it as a partnership and then look at incorporating it later on to get the uplift in the base cost that's an opportunity for you you could set up an LLP add other partners, partners and and again uh, Incorporate. If you're just buying land, you could buy it in the name of the company and then have an option agreement to sell it to you personally. There'll be some tax savings there. The key question really is are you looking to sell it or are you looking to hold it? Because some of the tax reliefs that apply to property apply, like Section 162 incorporation relief, if you're holding on to property. Other tax reliefs apply if you're a property trader, like entrepreneur's relief. So it depends on the actual scenario. So if you can give me a scenario, I think I'll be better able to answer that question. But generally speaking, there are three or four planning tools and opportunities uh, for property developers that we can't go into detail here today, but that do exist. Okay, yeah, so um, i will
0: trying to answer your question, John. If not, uh, put a little scenario in and see if we can help you with that. Um, so a question here, I've um, got a company, I've got a company's tenants, they've rented two flats from me, using it for SA, they've now just stopped paying rent, um, they've sent a blanket letter, will they be entitled to a government help at all, they do not pay business rates.
1: So, so are, uh, is this a rent to rent deal or are they talking,
0: yeah, so but this sounds like they're the uh, landlord in a rent to rent situation, um, essentially whether they're, tenant is entitled to any help as
1: an SA operator not paying business rates well if they're not paying business rates uh if they can speak to the valuations office and register for business rates and demonstrate they should have been paying business rates as at the 11th of march uh, or earlier then they could do some councils are being more flexible over this some are more rigid so it's it basically it's at the discretion of the council uh, but other than that, uh, there's not n- nothing else available to them be- uh, unless obviously they have a limited company and they're a director of that company, then they could furlough themselves uh, and uh, uh, claim uh, 80% of their salary. Uh, I forgot to add earlier, of course, if you furlough yourself as a director, you can no longer continue working for the company apart from obviously only doing Statutory duties like the filing of accounts and the filing of VAT returns uh, and that type of work and and there are seven different statutory duties that a director has to do. So if you type in statutory duties of a director on uh, uh, Google, you'll you'll see those. But apart from those, you can't do any of the work for the company. Uh, so and yeah, so the, they can't claim this small business grant. They can't claim. Uh, the small, uh, sorry, the self-employed uh, income s- support scheme. So the only option for them is to furlough themselves. Uh, other than that, there's nothing else available to them right now apart from the fact that obviously if they have a good business, they might they, they could try uh, and get uh, a loan from their bank, but there's nothing else available to them, I'm afraid, that I can think of, unless you can think of anything Joshua? Yeah,
0: that's it really. We service coordination operates. If they're not getting the, the business rates um, grants for is, is literally kind of just aim to break even, get debt if you need it, um, and then just kind of hope, hope for the best. Um, so, speaking of the grants, so um, it's a personal question actually. So, I'm in the process of going through a fight to try to get a business rates grant through. We're in a serviced office here, um, but we never got around to registering with the business rates unit, so it's not been ready for the VOA. So, in your opinion, how will the council exercise in their discretion
1: impact dating those grants? So uh, if if you can get the VA, VA to list you for, for business rates, that's the key step. If you can achieve that, Joshua, then your job is to demonstrate to the council that you were occupying the property and that you should have been uh, paying business rates. I think that's less of of a hurdle because, of course, you'll have your accounts, you'll have other bills available. uh, And uh, as long as you can demonstrate, it's an oversight and you should have been paying business rates. I think you'll be okay. Of course, because you're based in Peterborough, uh, if you have any problems or challenges, you can let me know uh, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll happily speak to to the council on your behalf, simply because I've obviously been to see you in your business. I know you were there before March. Uh, so I can vouch for you, and uh, because I'm a, I'm a counselor in Peterborough, uh, I have uh, a, a reasonable understanding of, of how all this works, uh, and I'm happy to support you with your claim. That's not a problem whatsoever. But obviously thank you very much.: But obviously for any of the listeners and viewers who are based outside of Peterborough, I don't have uh, the same uh, uh, flexibility to assist you, but I'm happy to answer your questions
0: so we've got another question um, again on grants so we have a caravan park which is now closed Um, closed our seasonal pictures have decided to stop paying their site fees Uh, we have property investments can we still get the grants for the caravan park
1: you mean the caravan park as a trading business in itself Joshua yeah yeah
0: I'm not quite sure if there's um, the caravan park He's in an entity with the property investments um, that's not clear but it sounds like yeah there could be as a caravan park which is a trading business there
1: yeah so obviously if if if, if the caravan park is a, is a trading business in itself uh, which most usually are uh, then they've got they've got the option of first of all uh, getting or Getting the funding for the coronavirus business interruption loan. That's going to be the single biggest piece of funding And of course because uh, the first 12 months are covered if you don't need the loan, you can always repay it So it's best to have that as a backup Uh, Would they qualify under retail hospitality and leisure? Uh, It would be difficult simply because uh, I, I, most local authorities would say they don't have uh, fixed premises. Therefore, I think they would be unlikely to give the £25,000 grant, but it's always worth trying, so they can do that. Uh, if they are a trading business, of course, depending on which, uh, which vehicle they've used, so if they, they have a, a sole trader or a partnership business, they can then claim this small, sorry, the self-employed income support scheme, but only if their profits are less than 50,000 pounds for 1819 or 1819 plus the two previous years. If their profits are more than 50,000 pounds, they won't qualify for that. If they have a limited company, then obviously they can furlough themselves. So that's a, a possibility or an avenue. They can furlough their employees. That's going to help them and support them. Uh, they can defer the VAT, the PAYE, corporation tax, personal tax. That's going to help them to, to some extent. Other than that pretty much covers everything, I think. That's available to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that question answered. Uh, we've got a few coming in now. So we've got one. Um, how would you advise funding um, a property business, a property company, alongside a trading business to fund purchases? Do you recommend using intercompany loans?
1: So the question is how. Uh, so so
0: they've got a trading business, and so they're looking to get the money from the trading business into the investment company. Um, what are your thoughts on using intercompany loans for that?
1: Well, they've got a couple of options. So, so if if the, the trading business uh, is a limited company and the property business uh, is a, a sole trader or a partnership, and they loan the money then they've got a section 455 problem, okay? Uh, Because they're obviously a participator uh, in in the whole structure. Uh, If both are limited companies, then of course you can uh, make loans from one company to the other. You can charge interest if if you want to. That's absolutely fine. Uh, That could get messy if you start having more than two or three companies because you'll have loans going Backwards and forwards, and it is difficult to keep on top of loans. You'll know from experience Joshua That most directors can't keep on top of uh, loans in one particular company never mind two or more uh, and you the other uh, possibility uh, which I favor is Looking at setting up a group structure where you have a holding company Which makes it easier to obviously move money from one company to the other the only challenge this particular person would have is if they are a property trader then it's okay but obviously if they have an investment business and then they've got a trading business and then they set that up as a group uh, and if 20% or more of the assets or the income or the profits or the time spent is on the investment activity then they would lose trading status which, which means they would lose things like business relief and uh, the business asset disposal relief, which is formerly known as entrepreneurs' relief, so they lose or some of those uh, benefits you have as a trading business in terms of tax that you wouldn't get. So it depends on what type of property investor they are. Are they a property trader or an out-and-out buy-to-let investor? If they're a buy-to-let investor, then maybe stick to uh, making loans from one company to the other. Perfect. Yeah,
0: that's that's um, helpful question. Got thumbs up there. Um, I'm a director of my company and I thought I could furlough myself found out I can't because I pay myself annually via payroll, not monthly. Do you think UK government will change this? No, it might be a good answer to this
1: one. Do I think the UK government will change this? Do, do you think the government are going to change it Joshua? Because I've already answered one question about the government not changing section 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely. <laughs> It, I, I think they should change it. They, they should change it. The, the, the big challenge or the, or the problem is, of course, initially they said you should have filed your RTI by the 28th of February, but well, it should have been 29th of February. But, but by the end of February, uh, then they moved that goalpost to say the 19th of March. The problem for directors who are on an annual uh, salary or annual payroll. They wouldn't have filed it by the 19th of March. So they're a bit stuck. So at the moment, the chancellor hasn't moved. Uh, Will he move? I doubt it because it's going to open up a a new can of worms. I don't think he's going to move because we've seen that he's not been that favorable to uh, business owners who own and operate a limited company uh, because obviously he's not allowed dividends to form part of the payment and I don't think he's going to move in terms of this particular change either. That's my view. What do you reckon, Joshua?
0: Yeah, I, at the moment we're kind of getting to the stage where it's a bit too late. Um, it's certainly going to be a couple of months, you know, realistically, before things do start to go back to normal, and we're already kind of best about halfway through this. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a case of when, this, when they get wind of this and they think they need to do it, in because it's too late. Um, so what's out there is pretty
1: much what's out there yeah yeah that's right which, which is a shame really but it is what it is yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so you know moving on well, what would you consider the most efficient
1: way to join venture is that in terms of the actual vehicle to use or just generally do you think I think I think it's probably the vehicle to use uh, so so I mean I'm a big fan of limited liability partnerships, but again uh, it, it depends on what what somebody is joint venturing on uh, But generally speaking what most of my clients do and what I see most property investors doing is uh, They usually end up having a holding company uh, And then then they use that particular vehicle to joint venture uh, with uh, other parties And again, it depends on are they holding on to the asset are they selling the asset? Of course, if you sell the asset, the only thing you have to do if you have a holding company structure is you pay the corporation tax and then you, you can obviously move all of your funds back into the your, your holding company without paying any further tax. If you do it through uh, your own name, uh, then you're gonna have to pay tax uh, on all the profits, which will, will work out to be more than the 19% uh, which is the corporation tax rate so generally speaking if you're not sure you don't know which way to go a good starting point probably is use a limited company so my favorite approach uh, is to look at LLP's and limited companies but if you're not sure I'll say set up a holding company and use that for all your different joint venture partnerships with different people and of course my again my personal approach is to have a separate limited company for every single deal especially when, it, when you're looking at uh, property developing uh, because you want to ring fence every every deal for for different reasons in terms of bank funding bank loans uh, to the amount of risk to to the number of business partners you have so every deal is different so it's best to ring fence that deal in a separate spv uh, but i know from a funding point of view sometimes joshua that uh, certain banks and funders and lenders do not like holding company structures because they don't have overall visibility of the holding company. So that can be a challenge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've got another question here. So if a self-employed tenant has asked for a rent deferment and I've shared with them info about Universal Credit will um, can I ask them for proof of application and what they may be receiving to
1: qualify for the deferment yeah i don't think that there's any problem with, with asking them uh for proof to demonstrate that they've gone out there and i mean whether universal credit applies to them or not we don't know but but if it does then there's no point uh, there's no issue in asking them for proof of that alongside asking them proof of other things i mean uh, quite a few banks have been very reasonable so they are giving 500 pounds uh they are giving interest free overdraft of up to 500 pounds so if you have an overdraft of say 2000 pounds you shouldn't be paying interest on the first 500 pounds barclays are giving you one month interest free uh halifax and bank of scotland alongside a few others are giving you three months uh, interest free uh, uh, so you, to make sure you, you don't pay uh, the interest on, on the first £500. Uh, if you need, if you don't have an overdraft, you can get a £500 overdraft. Why am I sh- sharing, sharing this with this particular person? In the sense, I'm saying that if their tenant needs the money and they don't have an overdraft, what they could say is, why don't you go to speak to your bank, they'll give you a three mo- up to a three-month interest-free overdraft, perhaps get that and use that to pay some of your rent payments because, of course, the person who's asking this question has other bills to pay in terms of that property. So of course, they need some cash flow coming in. So that could be a possibility. But asking a tenant for, for evidence, is, is uh, the, there's no restriction on that whatsoever.
0: Perfect. Um, okay, we've got time for a couple more questions here. So I bought two properties in January which are rated for um, small business rates. They've been empty ever since. Um, the council are saying they have no obligation to pay the grant for, um, for businesses or account holders which are not registered for business rates before 11th of March and they may or may not show discretion. I asked a business account number over a month ago with my completion certificates but haven't received anything back.
1: So is, sorry, just, just because it was a pretty long question. Is this particular business registered for business rates?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, the message starts and they've been rated. Um, that's what I thought two months ago, yeah. Been empty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so, 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 I think what they might be saying, and again I'm assuming here, is they might be saying that, that they've spoken to the Valuations Office and they've been listed, but the council hasn't given them a reference number. If that's the case, that's not too much of a problem. If they email the Business Rates Department, usually the email address is business.rates at xyzcouncil.gov.uk send them evidence of where you've previously uh, spoken or emailed the council to uh, request a uh, business rates uh, account number and they should be able to oblige. I had somebody contact me who'd applied for an account number 12 months ago and the council hadn't uh, yet issued them with with an account number uh, and we're working on that, and hopefully they should be able to get an account number. So if they've already applied, Joshua, they should be okay, because they can demonstrate they had applied, and they've got uh, a uh, listing through the Valuations Office Agency, so they should be fine. They should qualify for the grant. Perfect. Um, so hopefully
0: that's, that's helped there. Um, Got another question so I've given a loan to my limited company to purchase property used for service accommodation. can I charge the company interest and if so how high an interest rate can I charge
1: Aha uh, th- I think th- th- this is you- one of your and my favorite questions isn't it Joshua uh, yeah, it's so hard to do it. <laughs> Yeah so the answer is it depends uh, so if uh, if you have if you're a basic rate taxpayer uh, and you don't have any other income from savings you can charge up to a thousand pounds interest and it's going to be tax free if you're a higher rate taxpayer and you don't have any any other income from savings you can get up to 500 pounds interest free Uh, if you are a additional rate taxpayer i.e your income is more than one hundred and fifty thousand pounds then you can then there's no interest-free element but you can still charge interest how much interest can you charge uh, again it depends some people say to you 3 4 5 percent my personal answer to you is somewhere between 10 to 15 percent is plausible uh, and the reason for that basically is that although banks might charge you three or four percent above base Uh, What they usually do is they have some form of security or personal guarantee. When you loan money to your company, you do not offer security and you do not give a personal guarantee, number one. Secondly, uh, a bank uh, ends up being a preferential creditor when they loan money to your company. When you loan money to your company, you are not a preferential creditor. Therefore, you are taking a higher risk than a bank. Uh, And the third point is when you get a loan from a bank, they make you sign a document and what usually happens is That they want you to make monthly repayments both in terms of capital and interest And of course when you've loaned money to your company, you do not get that uh, monthly repayment Therefore that's a higher risk as well. So all of those things put together I think if you charge 10 12 14 15 percent, you should be fine. But I know other commentators sometimes say that's too high a rate, uh, but I've never had any issues with any of my clients charging those kind of rates based on the reasons I've given you. I know we're kind of running out of time here, Joshua, uh, but happy to take another question. If there's one, if not, then I'm... Um, uh, yeah,
0: more than just a
1: follow-up to that question. Because the loan was made a year ago. Can I backdate the interest
0: charges? It was made uh, when, when? Uh... The
1: loan was made a year ago, so can I backdate the interest? Well, well, it kind of depend, depends Depends uh, when that was because uh, if the 1920 uh, tax year has ended, so as long as you've made an accrual in your accounts for that particular tax year, then you'll be fine. Uh, so you're going. So it depends when your accounting year end is uh, in line with your uh, fiscal tax year, which obviously runs from the 6th of April to the, to the 5th of April. So I don't know, know those dates. But if I assume that your uh, accounting tax year end is 31st of March, then you can put an accrual in there for the interest, although the interest hasn't been paid, and you'll be fine. And then obviously you can report that on your personal tax return when you file that tax return, which needs to be filed by the 31st of January, 2021, so you've got some time. But if you're talking about going back a year before that, my usually answer is, don't bother, it's not worth it. Focus on the future, don't go back and open up a tax return, which you've already filed, because then there's a higher risk of HMRC picking it up for a tax inquiry, so why would you want to do that?
0: Absolutely. Um, so we're out of time now, but that's been hugely valuable um, to everybody on this. It was fantastic feedback. Um, thank you very much, Shaz, for taking the time to...
1: You're welcome, Joshua. I had 26 points here I wanted to share with people, but I was more keen to answer their questions, so I hope people have found that useful. And I want to thank you, Joshua, and, and everybody who's participated, obviously, for setting up this conference for, obviously donating money to the NHS, you're doing something very worthwhile uh, and it's been a pleasure to support it the best that I can. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust
0: Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk Build your wealth by mastering money.